Hello and welcome to Parrot the Point, episode 5 with Seth and Jess. In episode 5, we're going to analyze the top line. We're going to discuss Crosby, Gensel, and Rust, dissect their exit interviews. Last question, Mike DeFabo. Hey, Brian. I appreciate you always talking to us. Uh, you have a couple Stanley Cup rings thanks to a playing style that was speed and skill. In the time since, how have you seen the league evolve? And do you still believe that those two elements um, should be prioritized for the Penguins going forward? I think um, speed and skill are always are always going to be uh, they're always going to be important attributes to have for the team. I think um, I think depth and uh, consistency I think are two other real port a uh, real important things for a team to have. And I think. Um, I think you can see that any team that wins, uh, it doesn't matter if they're a bigger physical team or if they're a smaller, faster, quicker, skilled team. They bring consistency, and they've got guys up, guys up and down their lineup who bring it every night throughout the playoffs, and they they do it well. I think uh, it's kind of the fine line of of, of uh, winning and losing is that when it comes down to the wire, every team out there is going to be good, and every team's going to have their own style. But to be able to uh, do what you do best uh, consistently and to uh, kind of establish your own team identity, I think is, is obviously the most important. And um, I don't think the league's more physical than it was or whatever. I think you see a team last year like uh, at Tampa Bay win and they got a lot of speed and they got a lot of skill and they were really deep. And I think it's, uh, that just goes to show that I think it doesn't matter kind of what your team is built on. You gotta be, you gotta be committed to it. All right, so digging into Brian Rust's interview, um, we first, well, first we kind of just saw how he thought, you know, the consistency of the team is the most important thing. And I think we both agreed on that. Um, I think that was definitely what has won us cups in the past and then he also touched on identity and i think what he was getting at was the identity and the consistency go hand in hand yeah um i i think something that has been a struggle the past three three and a half seasons is what is our identity you know the team itself has been trying to discern that with a lot of moving parts it's hard to tell. Are we a hard, uh, you know, fast run and gun team? Are we more stifling defensively? Uh, are we big? Are we small? Are we east west? Are we north south? Do we cycle? Do we play off the rush? Yeah, and I mean, what what do you think the identity was this season, and what made it work? compared to other seasons, you know, like the last the last couple where we haven't gotten very far. You know, despite the first round exit, I thought the thing that defined this team was their tenacity. I, I thought they fought for every inch, even though they were undersized, and we'll talk about that some more, but they were in every moment 100%. They, they played 60 minutes. They did not do that the last two seasons at all. Right. And I think going out and getting some speedier players, you know, like Kapanen and, you know, Tanev last year, I think, you know, that is us trying to get back 
to that 2016 model where we were the fastest in the league. And I, I do think speed and skill, as Brian Russ said, you know, is our identity moving forward. Um, but I think where we disagree with him is him saying he doesn't think physicality is necessarily what we need to win the cup. Yes. And I, I'm not, you know, someone who thinks we need to go out and be... Bruisers. Right, right. But we obviously, and this top line, and the reason, you know, we wanted to talk about this top line is because they're the perfect example. They have all the skill and speed in the world, and it didn't matter against a team like the Islanders. And there's, there's two reasons why. One is what we're touching on now, which is they got pushed around. You know, especially Gensel and Rust. Crosby's used to getting ragdolled through 15 years of off-seasons. But <laughs> those two in particular, they got absolutely hammered by, by defensive and pairs, Gensel, cross-checks. Gensel more than Rust. Yeah. But um, I think... From hearing Russ talk, the team mentality is that the league in 2021 is the exact same league that it was in 16 and 17. And that's just untrue, I, I think. I mean, you look at a team like, you know, the Capitals won and uh, the Lightning won. And you, you kind of see that they had pieces of that speed and that skill, but they were also much bigger than what we currently are. And the Blues are a perfect example. They were right, huge. Right. They were absolutely monstrous. And <laughs> yeah, and so the league has changed because we've kind of tried to stay the same. And I think other teams started to see that speed was was going to help them, but it needs to be paired with with that physicality, I think. So we can't be one note, I think is the key takeaway. Right. You we, right. we we won in sixteen and seventeen by dominating on those we're gonna blow by you and pass around you and score. And this and that ties in with the second point, which is that we did get some bad bounces. We were just unlucky in this particular offseason. So I don't think there needs to be a massive shift in ideology. Yeah, I think we just kind of need to pair physicality with speed Absolutely. and with skill. And we we need a physical presence of some sort, I think, on every line. And Rust, you kind of touched on it. Rust was and is, I think the quintessential player to model that future around. The next two years, this project is going to be defined by whether we win in the next two years, in my mind. And Rust is that perfect blend of all three. He will engage in the forecheck even though he's under six foot. He will take a hit to make a play. He loves seeing the ice east-west, but he'll go to the front of the net. So Yes, is he is he speedy? Is he is he smaller? Is he skilled? Absolutely. But is he willing to engage in those puck battles in those down low cycles? Yes. Right. Can, can you model that for a full twelve four group roster? Right. And I think um, from his comments of, like I said, not not seeing that the league has changed and that we need to make a, a you know a minor change. I think that proves that the organization kind of needs to take a step back and 
look at the 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 rest of the league because if he's if he's thinking that way, it, there's a good chance so is the rest of the organization. So I think that that's a that's a problem a little bit. Um, but I'm I'm. I mean, Hextall did say... I'm oddly optimistic here. Hextall did say, yeah, we would like to be more physical. So I think he knows. But I, I think... And Burke, oh my God. He right, loves truculence. Right, right. He loves hitting people around. I just around. think um, the players are thinking 16, 17 speed, skill, that's, that's the ticket. And they're not necessarily looking at the last the larger three picture. teams that have won um, and have made, you know made the finals the meta the meta has changed a bit it has in in adaptation really directly to our back-to-back championship right right yeah i i think that that's kind of our feelings on rust and i think that we just need need a, like even just one or two more more physical players west crosby uh, Jake, thanks for everything throughout the season. Um, during the series, you, you had shots and chances, but probably didn't produce as much as you would have liked. Was there any reasoning behind that, or was it just bad luck, or what would you say? It's just the game of hockey sometimes. I mean, that's why that's why the game's so funny. You can, sometimes you're feeling it and everything goes in. Sometimes it's um, sometimes it's not going to find the way into the net. So, um Thought I had chances, um, had shots. I got to find a better way to um, produce and do my job there. So um, take a lot of responsibility for that and um, let a lot of people down. But I, I just got to find a way to um, I got to find a way to put the puck in the net, make plays, and and be better there. So yeah, it hurts. All right. So for Jake. This is a tough one because he's obviously beating himself up. His confidence is low for a multitude of reasons. He has one goal, zero assists uh, on the series. Uh, he really only had he had no assists? None. That's crazy. Which is so weird because he did pass up a ton of shots, and that's, that's shown in his expected goals and um, the plays that he was producing – you know where he was generating his chances from you know he was distributing the puck a lot which i think um became as as the series dragged on longer he was distributing it more because he was uncertain of his ability to finish at even strength in particular um so if you look at his shooting percentage for the series considering that he took as many shots as he did he ended with a 4.0 percent shooting percentage it was the lowest on the team among the regular forwards outside of jared mccann um it was also snake bitten in a very bad way and there's a reason that people say snake bitten and jake is touching on something which is if you've ever played hockey at any level you realize there are times short periods of time where you cannot buy a goal your your luck is gone well and i think confidence really plays into it for Jake and we see it like we saw it in the beginning of this season when he couldn't score and Jake is a goal scorer you know before he is anything else and I think when he can't score 
and can't score and still can't score, it really starts to affect him more than it may affect another player um, because you can tell he falls back yeah. on his goal scoring, which, I mean, he should. He's a, he's a wonderful goal scorer. Uh, so I, I completely understand his sadness and his frustration and why he feels like he let everybody down um, because he thinks that's the number one thing he brings to the team and he didn't deliver. You know, and, and it's easy to defer to a Crosby or a Rust um, when you're on a line with these other great players and you're not scoring, right? So at a certain point, you realize that I'm not bearing. So I'm going to just do whatever I can on this shift to make something happen. And at a certain point, when that doesn't work, you start gripping your stick and you start making rushed plays. You start putting it on net just to put it on net. You try to simplify. He, he thinks too much. Yeah. I mean, anyone would. Yeah. When when things aren't going your way and, and you're doing things the way you've always always do them. So this stat blew my mind, and I, I knew it had to be awful just from the eye test, but it aligned. 91.9 PDO for the playoffs for Jake Gensel. And, you know, that's a combination of, you know, shooting percentage and... Uh, save percentage and, and Corsi. So, and that's divided by the amount of teams that are participating. It's a complicated stat, but generally speaking, a forwards should be above 100. His in the regular season for reference was 103. So that shows that his luck, if you want to call it that, was incredibly suboptimal. And sometimes that just happens when you're in a small game series. It, you know, we only played six games. Whatever his pre pregame ritual is he needs to change it <laughs> yeah i mean his juju was so, so bad off. yeah uh, it, it's i mean it, it is hard to see that but when you talk about this over the last three four seasons jake gensel at 5v5 in particular has been a dominant force and i mentioned this before but he's exceptional you don't get well, rid of a player like even, that even if they're undersized even look at you know his first playoff performance mm. against is you know when we one in 2017 he was just on fire i mean doesn't isn't he tied for With most Dino goals by yes. a rookie yeah so i mean you know he has it and it just was one of those unlucky times where he just couldn't he couldn't produce and, and super unfortunate and the timing was terrible but isn't it always and it's weird too because the two hottest scorers in the regular season for the for the penguins went cold Really, McCann and Gensel, right? So, you know, you look at Corsi for and Corsi against for these playoffs. Pittsburgh was the highest in both. That is unheard of for a team that gets knocked in the first round. That is ridiculous. So, yes, did they not bury on chances they should have scored? Yes, in a few instances. Does that happen in every series? Of course it does. The difference at the end of the day was a couple things. It, it, it wasn't a matter of, oh, a couple guys got bad at scoring. It was a matter of nothing could be saved at the other end of the ice. And when that happens and you are snake bitten, you're going to get knocked out, whether it's round one or round four. You need to have some sort of security blanket behind you for when you go cold. So I think, you know, what 
there's been so much rumor about, and I know we've discussed this a little bit in, I think, episode one, um, is Jake's future in Pittsburgh. And obviously, you know, we both are, you know, in the category where trading him would be insane. Yeah, you can trade him for a bigger player, but you're probably not going to get the same production. And yeah, you can trade him for a pick, but that's a huge gamble because a pick... And can or can't work out. A pick at this point isn't going to get a cup in Crosby, Malkin era. Right. And so I think really what we really need to look at is Jake's future on the first line. So I, I think that we need to start thinking about putting him back with Malkin. At and least some of the time. You know, Coach Jess probably would have put him there in you know, in game, game three, maybe even three, because three. you're like, okay, my one of my best scorers isn't scoring, and Sid, Sid, we'll get to this in a bit, but Sid looked kind of off. I don't know if he was dealing with injury or what, but he looked a little off. So you know, and I know Malkin too. Malkin was injured, but I mean, he's in a five up. month surgery, it whatever and, it is. You know, they are proven to play together. Yeah, and Malkin plays so differently from Sid that I think it could have been a a nice switch up for Jake and I think that's something we should think about next season and you know I don't know how much of a voice Sid has on who's on his line (laughs) so I don't know if he's like no I want Jake on my line but I mean he wouldn't right (laughs) but I think um thinking about putting Gensel with Malkin especially if he's having issues might be the best option for Jake. So I'll I'll, I'll take a hot take here. He absolutely should have been put on the Malkin line with Rust because when Crosby was out for a short term in 1920 in the COVID-shortened season, that line was the top producing goal for line in the league for those 20 odd games they were together well, they were Mal- awesome Malkin, Malkin looked like he was like back in his prime yes like just playing with the two of them and Sid Sid wasn't great either and I mean Malkin's wingers what was Zucker and Kapanen right they weren't lighting it up so like why not switch all of them up and see what could have happened it, it it's definitely another instance of what could have been and what really should have been because Gensel Gensel really can thrive with almost any elite center he can distribute well he can score he can cycle he can play off the rush well I think that's that's something that a lot of uh not just Penguins fans but people around the league don't think no I think they think Gensel is only good because he's with Sidney Crosby. And that, and that's just in, incoherent because Crosby's played with many dozens of players who have not worked with him over the course of his career. Yeah. He's been tough to make a, a match with. And Gensel has fit like a glove with both. That's never happened. And that that's on that's Gensel. That's that's not He's a Sid great player. Gino. He's elite. He is. Yeah, he he really is. And I think they did him a disservice. Of not switching him up and just giving it a shot and trying to see. Sometimes you need to shake things up. And we've seen that in every run that's been successful. You need to shake things up from time to time. Yeah. And I I just hope that Jake has had time now to digest and, you know, realize it's not all his fault that, you know, we, we lost. And I think he'll come back. 
for ready for camp and and be completely dominant again. Full season, forty goals. Two more, Tim Benz. Sid, over the uh, last three years, you mentioned going out early and not being able to play deep into the postseason. Can you identify a consistency as to why that's been the case? Has there been any consistent thread between these three years as to why you think you've gone out early? No, I think they're completely different. I mean, if you look at the series against the Islanders a couple of years ago, um, you know, they were tight games and, you know, we just, uh, we never really got comfortable in that kind of game. And I think, you know, you go to the bubble. I mean, that's a hard one to evaluate. I said that last year. I mean, this one, I think we did, we did a lot of good things. And for so much of the series, we had the lead. You know, we felt comfortable about our game. Um, we didn't feel like we were on our heels very much at all during the series. And and uh, it's such a small margin for error. And uh, like I said, I just, I feel like I didn't make a big play, uh, whether it's, you know, overtime or adding to a lead when we're up. 2-1, uh, I look at some chances that, that I had or, you know, those kind of things that those are so important and, uh, you know, you, you can't overlook, and, you know, the importance of those. Last question, Wes Crosby. All right, so lastly, we, you know, listened to Sid's interview and it's a lot of what Sid always says, I think. <laughs> <laughs> milk toast but, little responses but um the main points that i took from um specifically this question were how he kind of analyzed that we've had different problems in different years which have led to us really have led to the same result and it's us not winning a series um so i agree with him that you know the bubble was kind of a wash it's it's hard to analyze you don't know what was going on in anyone's heads they were away from their families they were locked up in a hotel and so i i i'm with i'm with him on that completely um but i think what kind of is here to analyze is how we always seem to fix a problem and then another problem arises and it's not just a small little problem it's a problem that gets us eliminated and i i think the right person has been hired for the job if we're going to win a cup in the next year or two if that's possible even at this point with an aging core hextel was the right person to hire he has a very steady hand. He doesn't like making transactions. This team needs stability. They had had way too many with JR. We've touched on that before. And I think it's important to realize the gains that have been made. So throw out Montreal, shortened series, you know, COVID's experience in the bubble. 2019 Islander series versus 2021 Penguins Islander it, series. It couldn't be more different. No. This that team didn't deserve to win a game. No. Um, I mean, you yeah, you have that, you know, game one over time where it could have gone either way, but that team just didn't have it. Um, and this team did everything the right way. So I think the main question is how do we win in the playoffs next year? And I think the lesson can be found from the differential between those teams, which is that it's a tweak not an overhaul yes and i mean i think from hearing hextall's final thoughts on the season i think he agrees with that yeah he, like you know we we could get a little a little heftier um big time big yeah time. but i think overall the solution 
is to leave it the same. Yeah, I think for the most part. I think obviously there's always going to be a couple small minor changes. And those small minor changes, I think we can talk about them right now. I think you lose one forward, you replace that forward with a bigger guy. I think you're going to lose Pedersen to uh, the salary cap. I think you get a bigger defenseman who's able to throw his weight around. Maybe it won't be a fan favorite, but get a little heftier and yeah. tell Jake Gensel to please bulk up. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would that would change. That the would, whole team could use more time in the weight room. I yeah. Think. I don't, and I don't know. I don't know how they delegate their time and when they work out and if they work I don't know I, I, I don't know even, their schedule I'm not even sure it's necessarily being in the weight room because some of these guys and I've seen them you know at different points they are insanely hard workers like they they push themselves to the absolute limit the difference might actually be in in just eating more having more calories to burn over the well, course of a it, long season it may be something that the you know the team should maybe go out and get i don't know like some a dietitian right, in addition to who right, they've already some, had someone that has experience in this and can can kind of assist in the in the players that that get beat up and a little bit when more. you when you have smaller forwards who are elite like that in crosby and gensel in rust in mccann you need to find ways to give them a little bit of cushion against those, you know, big bruising defensemen, six right. five, who are going to come down on you every night in a in a hard season. Right. So, you know, give them the tools to recover from that. Give them the tools to endure that sort of beating. So we're not, you know, coming into round three in twenty twenty one, and we have five injuries, and you know we're up against it against these larger teams. Right. So I think. The other question, and they touched on this earlier in the interview. Bob Rossi asked it if he had an injury, and he immediately was like, "Nope, nope." Like, well, I mean, did not want to talk about it. Yeah. But did he look like himself, especially as that series went on? No, and I think I, I'm going to play amateur psychologist, and forgive me, Sydney, because I love you, but. <laughs> You were lying here. I mean, he immediately hid his left hand as soon as the question was asked. It was a rare incidence of journalism from a Pittsburgh media person because he was playing hurt. But he looks at his number two center who had to come back midway through, who now needs a major core surgery, and says he MCL. played hurt. MCL. MCL, yeah. Core was um, to Smith. Sorry, I got the two. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to keep up with the Penguins. There's injuries. always a but a yeah. I mean, Gino trail. Gino was playing on. I think one leg. I think it was torn. Yeah, his, his MCL was torn. His stopping and starting was was profoundly affected. Yeah. So yeah, of course it's gonna be like no, no, like because in comparison, maybe he wasn't as injured. Yeah. But it's his left hand. He's a and, he's a left-handed playmaker. Me, for like, me, it got worse as the series went on. He got more uncomfortable and just didn't quite look like himself as the series went on. And that screams injury. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's... And and you've got to love the Pittsburgh media, too. Like, for for (laughs) running him through for a couple of bad pinches on the defensive side where he was on the ice... And you know, oh, he turned that puck well, over, and we're gonna we're gonna give him and, a, an F minus for the last we, game. We all know Sid's harder on himself than anyone else could possibly be. Yeah. We all know that. We know he's probably still thinking about you know what those plays. Yeah. But 
yeah, I think I think it's definitely something to think about. Um, if if he was injured, maybe I mean maybe it was something mental, not physical. We don't know. You know, there, there's a lot going on in the world today, and, and it could have could have been anything. But it's definitely something interesting to think about. So yeah, uh, it's nice to you know look at the team. Uh, there's top three forwards uh, besides Malkin who are going to be a huge part of whether or not the Penguins are division leaders or on the outside looking in. So thank you for listening to our thoughts, our comments, our rants. Yeah, and um, we we kind of enjoyed going through and dissecting those, those clean out day interviews. Um, so if you liked this, um, let us know and we can definitely do the other lines. Uh, I think that second line and third line would be pretty interesting to dissect. Um, But draft is coming. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to wait and do it a little bit closer to the actual draft. Um, We want to wait and let the playoffs wrap up a little bit um, because everyone's, you know, watching closely to see if the Habs can win the Stanley Cup. But we're, we're all hyper-focused on on the new meta, the the Canadians, the Islanders teams didn't think would be there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're going to have at least two episodes of, you know, draft coverage, uh, looking at prospects that maybe we could take, uh, what we might be willing to do on draft day. And, yeah, so please stay with us. Um, we will be back soon. Bye. Bye.